All right, we are uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And just to review a couple of verses that we talked about last time, uh, we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, Paul speaking of building the foundation and building on it. He's going to say that he has laid the foundation, and the only foundation that can be laid is Christ. But he's going to tell us, be careful how we build on it. Because basically, God does not want us to miss out on anything that he has for us. He has more for us than we can even imagine, than we can even comprehend. And he doesn't want us to miss out on what he has for us. So he says, be careful how you build on that foundation. Some, you know, build with, are we building with silver and gold and precious stones or wood, hay, and stubble? Uh, what we're building on is going to be tested by fire, he says. And what lasts will last and what doesn't is gone. So we're going to be talking about the foundation and building on it. And as we go through this, if we truly want these things, if we truly desire the things of God and to get everything, receive everything that God has for us, if we truly want it, and as we read the Bible and we see the kind of people, the type of people that God wants us to be and the things that he wants us to do, and if we truly desire these things, we have to go back to that verse that we were talking about last time that we keep going back to because I think it's just a really important verse. Uh, God says that he will accomplish, the, complete the good work that he started in us. And to get these things from God, to become what we want to become, to become what God wants us to become, we have to look at this verse. John 15, he says, If you remain in me, if we stay with him, if we live in him, if we abide in Christ, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, so we have to know his words, we have to be reading our Bibles and know his words and be praying, Lord, these words, let them stay in my heart, let them stick to my heart. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. That is a huge promise. Ask whatever you desire, and it will be done for you. And he's not talking about the terrible doctrine of health and wealth and name it and claim it or praying for things to spend it on our own lusts, but these things that God desires for us, doing what God wants us to do, being the people that God wants us to be, you know, the completion of that good work that he started. He says, if you, if you are staying with me, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you can ask for these things and you don't have to wonder if it's going to happen and you don't even have to hope it's going to happen. He says, it will happen. Ask and you will receive. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 3.10 just to review, we talked about this last time, but Paul says in verse 10, According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. And we know that the foundation is Jesus Christ. That is the foundation. That is our salvation. It's Christ. In Christ alone my hope is found, the song goes. You know, with the kids in Sunday school, we keep telling them, 
and encouraging them to believe in Jesus. And they hear it so much, and we can hear that so much. But what does it really mean to believe in Jesus? And especially with kids, because they hear it. And so up on the board, we wrote what it means to believe in Jesus. So the kids can read it and just kind of basically have a basic idea of what it means. And what we have written up there is we believe who he is. We believe what he says. We believe what he has done. Believe that he has done it for you. Believe that he will love you forever. And now I want to obey him. And basically that's what it means to believe in Jesus. That's the foundation that Paul has laid for us. Uh, in John, it says, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Grace. Uh, Paul said, By the grace given me, I have laid the foundation. Uh, we have all received, and grace for grace. I never quite understood that. Grace for grace. And as best as I can figure it out, you know, it, it sounds like we need grace to even get the grace. You know, that's how helpless we are. We need, we need grace just to get the grace. Uh, the only way we can serve God acceptably is by grace, the Bible says. If we want to serve God, it's, God, it's just his goodness, his calling us, his empowering us, and not that we deserve it, not that we have the build, ability. Uh, as we spoke last time, that one guy wrote that uh, grace is everything. Grace does everything. And where there is deserving or ability... Grace cannot work. The only way we can serve God is by grace. Uh, the goodness of God, the unmerited favor. And he's, Paul says in Corinthians, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So the foundation is laid, and that foundation is firm, and nobody can take it away, and we can't lose it once we put our faith in Christ. But be careful how you build on it. What happens in our lives after we're saved? What do we do? Uh, and Jesus said more than once when he healed people, he would heal someone, and then he would say, go your way. And it's sort of like he says the same to us. You know, you've been healed. Your sins have been taken away. You have been justified. I, I died for you, and I rose again. You're healed. Now go your way. You know, what are you going to do now? How are you going to build on that foundation? When, when we're going through our daily life and temptation pops up, you know, and, and we're facing temptation, it's a good thing to remember those words. Go your way. Go your way. What are you going to choose to do here? Um, let each one take heed how he builds on it. More important, as far as building on the foundation, more important than what we do is what we become by his grace and mercy. Verse 11, it says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, and the thing is, are we, it's talking here about things that last, gold and silver, and these precious stones, it's not talking about jewels, it's talking about stone, like marble, something that lasts. Are, you know, are we building on that foundation? Are we overcome by the things that last, the eternal things, the things of heaven, or the temporary things on earth? Are, are we overcome by that? How, what are we building? With the temporary or eternal? There are consequences for every action. In verse 13, he says, Each one's work will become clear. Work is what we do. 
It's how we live. It's our walk. It's what we think. It's, it's what we do, what we don't do, work. It's, it speaks of obedience to God or disobedience to God. It, what is in our hearts is what we will do. Whatever is in our hearts is what we're going to do. Jesus said, I know your works. I know what you're doing, and I know why you're doing it. He knows our works. Some people have been called for, to a specific ministry, a specific work, to go somewhere and do something. Uh, but the fruit of work, the effectiveness of work, the, the gain of work, those things that last, doesn't spring from what we do, but from what we become. And what we do springs from what we become. Uh, Jesus wrote a letter to the church in Ephesus in Revelations, and they were doing a lot of work. Uh, he says, I know your works, your labor, patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Man, I wish I could say the same thing. These people were working. They were doing some good stuff. Uh, but there is something... Jesus said, if you, there is something I have against you, and if you don't repent of it, your light is going to go out. The light in your church is going to go out. Even though you're doing all this stuff, and you know, if anybody looked at this church, they would say, man, those people are really building on the foundation. Look at, what, look at all the stuff they're doing. But Jesus said, there's something that if you don't repent of, your light is going to go out. There was something, there was some wood, hay, and stubble that they were building with that was causing them to go backwards and not forwards. He said to them, you've left your first love. And if they didn't repent, they would still be doing the works. All their action and activity would still be going on, but they would be building with wood, hay, and stubble because they left their first love. The church would be spiritually dead. Last time we talked about uh, Jesus sent out the apostles to, uh, he said, sent them out two by two, and he said, go heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, and they all went out, and in the power that he gave them, they were doing all this stuff, and they came back, and they were just joy rejoicing, and they said, Lord, man, this has been great. The, the spirits are subject to us. And we did all this stuff. We did all these works. And Jesus kind of said to him, you know, that's good. He said, but don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Don't rejoice in what you do. Rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. And everyone here who has received Christ as their Savior, received Christ into their heart by faith, your name is written in the book of life. Rejoice in that. You know, Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Um, putting the frame, you know, you got the foundation that Paul laid, Christ. And then you start building, you start building the frame of whatever you're building on it. And the strong frame on that, the first step is rejoicing in the Lord. Uh, the person who is not rejoicing in the Lord, who, who just every day isn't rejoicing that their names are written in heaven is going to be building with wood, hay, and stubble. They're going to be building with things that don't last. Uh, 
Ephesus had good works, but building on the foundation means abiding, living in Christ. Uh, John, in John, Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. It's what we become uh, that's building on the foundation, and the works will follow. You know, are we always in that place of rejoicing in the Lord? Uh, because the Bible says your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know, sometimes I think about my life, and I know I'm saved, and I know my sins are forgiven, but sometimes I look at my life before Christ and cringe. And sometimes I look at my life after Christ and cringe. All the failures, you know, the times that I have suffered loss and I messed up, and I think, man, how can, you know, what am I building on the foundation? Um, how can I rejoice in the Lord? How can I rejoice in the Lord? If we, if we just keep looking at ourselves, we can't rejoice in the Lord. It will just bring ourselves down. But rejoicing in the Lord, your life is hidden in Christ with God. You know, I love that. Your life is hidden. God does not see my life. He sees Christ. We, we've been justified in Christ. We can rejoice in the Lord. Because your name is written in the book of life, that's building a solid, found, solid house on the foundation. Laodicea, Laodicea, he wrote a letter to them and he said, I know your works. You know, you guys are saying that you need nothing and you don't know that you're poor, blind, miserable, and naked. You know, do we realize our need? That's building on the foundation with, with solid things. Realize, rejoicing in the Lord and realizing, realizing our need. Building on the foundation, have we grown in the knowledge of God? Have we laid hold of eternal life? Have we received from God and not in vain? Have we cooperated with God to work in us to will and do his will by seeking him with all our heart? And back in Corinthians, in Corinth, uh, Corinthians, Paul says, each one's work will become clear. Our works will be seen for what they are. You know, have we received the grace of God and has that grace had an effect on our lives? Paul said in Corinthians, but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. Paul's saying, man, his grace for me was abundant. And you look at Paul's life and man, he received some grace. And he said it wasn't in vain, it had an effect. I responded to that grace. Mark Jesus said, but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, he who has ears, let him hear. Each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. In Second Timothy, uh, it says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. In Romans, Paul says, For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so that each of us shall give an account of himself to God. We are all going to have to, Paul says, stand before the Bemis seat, it's called, and give an account of ourselves to God. It's like the talents, the servants who received the talents. One was given a lot, one was given some, and one was given little, but they all had to give an account. 
for what was given to them? Did they invest it? Was there an increase? Or did they lose? God says, I have given you something. What have you done, it, done with it? There, and it's not a condemning thing. You know, the Bible says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's just that our Father doesn't want us to miss out on any of the glory of eternal life. Parents want the best for their children. That's why Paul wrote this. That's why the Holy Spirit wrote this. Our Father wants the best for us. And he says, don't miss out. Build with these eternal, solid things on, on the foundation. Uh, little kid story. You have to pretend you're in Sunday school. There is a father who has two sons. And he goes out and he buys his two sons bicycles, brand new bikes. One of his sons takes care of the bike. He fixes it when it's broken. He puts it away. He takes good care of it. He guards it. Uh, the other son leaves it lying around all over the place. Uh, winter comes. The one son puts his bike in the garage, cleans it up, gets it ready, puts it in the garage. The other son leaves his bike out in the lawn all winter, and it just gets snowed on. Summer comes. Now, they're both sons, and they are both equally loved by the father, but only one has a bike to ride. Take care of your bike. Treasure what God has given you and abound in it. This is what God desires for us. You know, I've given you this, and I want you to enjoy it. I, I want you to have life. Don't leave it laying around. Abound in it. Uh, God's love for you is not dependent on your devotion to him. But when you get to heaven, you're going to want to have a bike to ride around on. Uh, Philippians, it says, In this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Uh, tell the kids in Sunday school, you know, some people are going to be walking around in heaven, and that's going to be glorious. It's going to be so glorious that their heads are going to explode. It's going to be great. Some people are going to be walking around in heaven, but some people are going to be flying around in heaven. Live to fly. Take care of what God has given you. Guard it and let it abound. So Paul continues in, in Corinthians. He says, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. In Isaiah, it says, therefore, as the fire devours the stubble and the flame consumes the chaff, the flame will consume the chaff in our lives. Revelations 2.18, it says, And to the angel of church at Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet like fine brass. I know your works. He whose eyes are like a flame of fire is going to judge how we have built on the foundation. Have we been consumed with the temporary earthly things of the world? We all have to deal. We have to work. We have to deal and do the things that in this life. But are we consumed by the temporary things or are we consumed by the heavenly things? Will our works be burned up or follow us into a glorious eternity? There's also another testing of how we have built on the foundation, what we have built with, either with gold, silver, or precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble. And it's... It's the, just the everyday things that come into our lives. In our lives, it's like the fire of testing that comes in. Job said, that which I have feared the most has come upon me. 
when tribulation comes into our lives, when trouble comes into our lives, when loss comes into our lives, which happens to every human being on earth, uh, how we have built on the foundation determines how we're going to react when those things happen. Will we be, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, will we be hard-pressed on every side? We will be, yet not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. When tragedy comes into our lives, are we going to freak out and lose faith and lose hope and enter into unbelief? Or are we going to continue to believe? Or do we stand in the fire by the grace of God? Uh, you know, and how we have built on the foundation, the rejoicing in God and in Christ and the fellowship that we have with Christ, building on that foundation will determine how we react when those hard times come into our lives. Uh, it's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, da and Daniel, it says, And the sad satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw that these men on whose bodies the fire had no power, the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. And that's the Lord's desire for our lives. When that fire comes into our lives, that testing, that fire, those hard times, that the smell of fire won't even be on us. We won't be crushed. Tribulation came into Paul's life. In 2 Corinthians, he said, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. There's somebody who built on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. And he, the fire tested his work, and he came out even more abundantly. The fire will come. So we build on the foundation. We grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord. And that's basically what building on the foundation means. It means growing. Growing in grace and growing in the knowledge of God. And when the fire comes, we'll pass through it. Ephesians 3.17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And that's the perfect example of building on the foundation, that you may know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. Verse 14 says, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, so when we pass through the fire, if the things that we're holding on to are still there, after we have gone through the fire, their value will increase. Those whose works endure have one thing in common, faith. Those who build on that foundation with those eternal things, they have one thing in common, faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. These people who have faith, they look to God for everything. That's building on the foundation. Look to God for salvation, comfort, strength, love, peace, direction. I tell the kids in Sunday school, when we talk about 
walking in faith and living a life of faith. You know, it means praying, being a person of prayer, looking to God for everything. But I tell the kids, a life of faith basically means letting God take care of you. Let God take care of you. That's building on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. A life of faith. And it says if they build, he will, if the works last, he will receive a reward. Building on the foundation concerns what we do, but more so, like I said, it's what we become. Because that will determine what we do. In Matthew... Jesus says, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Becoming that is building on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. Becoming a person who is poor in spirit. Depending on another person's, on another one's riches. Realizing that my righteousness, as the Bible says, is as filthy rags. Having no hope in myself, but hope in Christ. Receiving the very righteousness of Christ through faith. Poor in spirit, depending on the riches of Christ. Romans, it says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So those who become poor in spirit are building on that foundation. And as it says, there's a reward. And the reward is, Jesus said, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Then Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn. That's building on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. Uh, mourning, mourning over our sin. Mourning over the inability of our flesh, the realization of our inability. Mourning over lost souls, mourning for lost souls. Uh, longing for the redemption that's coming of our souls. Becoming more and more homesick for the kingdom of God, to actually see the kingdom of God on earth. And, and while we're here, it's sort of like we're in a state of mourning because we can't wait. Waiting for Jesus to return and set up his kingdom. And those who mourn are building on that foundation. And the reward is, Jesus said, for they shall be comforted. Jesus said, blessed are the meek. Those who are meek are building on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. Uh, this is what we become. What we become, growing in grace and the knowledge of our Lord, is manifested in our works. Meek does not mean weak. It means strong. It, it's the creator of the universe, when he was on earth, being slapped in the face and a crown of thorns put on him and him remaining silent. And Matthew, it says, when they twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, taking this for the will of his Father, which was that we would be saved. In Philippians, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. You know, meek, strong enough to be gentle, strong enough to have self-control and not lose our temper, strong enough to walk in the Spirit. 
and the reward for building on that foundation with those precious stones is Jesus said, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus also said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is building on the foundation. People who hunger and thirst for righteousness are building on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones. In Psalms, it says, For the oppression of the poor, for the sighing of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord. I will set him in the safety for which he yearns. The Bible also says the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. Those who build on the foundation long for the righteousness of Christ to just overwhelm them. We, we just long for the righteousness of Christ in every area of our lives. lives. Long to abide in Christ every single day and bear fruit. Long to stand before the throne of God finally perfected, worshiping him perfectly. And the reward for building with those precious stones is for they shall be filled. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. That's another aspect of building on the foundation with those eternal lasting things. Those who build on the foundation with that know that the commandment to forgive as we have been forgiven is mandatory. They know that there's no reason for the Christian not to forgive any wrong. And the reward for that, they shall obtain mercy. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. It's another aspect of people who are building on their foundation with lasting things. The pure in heart, they have an overwhelming and all-encompassing burning desire to be with Jesus. You know, if we're saved, we are in Christ. And we should have that desire to be with him. To be with him. To sit at his feet, to be in his presence, to walk with him. And this desire is manifested in our works. And the reward for that, Jesus said, they shall see God. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers those who build on the foundation with that precious stone. Uh, they have the peace that passes all understanding. Uh, the, their reality and their joy is knowing that they have peace with God. Just knowing that. We have peace with God. And that knowledge is manifested in our works. It shows up. And the reward for that is for they shall be called the sons of God. Our works are what we do. What we do depends on what we become. What we become depends on how we build on the foundation. And how we build on the foundation depends on what we receive from God and how we receive it. Verse 15, he says, If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. Any loss that I've suffered in my life, any regrets, any, any of the, boy, what could have been's, are a result of me building on the foundation with wood, hay, and stubble. Any joy that we've experienced in this life is because of how we have built by the grace of God on the foundation. Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If we don't abide in Christ, we miss out. We miss out on what God has for us, and we suffer loss. And all this you know, suffering loss and, you know, it sounds hard, and, and your works will be burned up, and you have to go through the fire and everything, and if your works endure, you'll get a reward. If they don't, you're going to suffer loss. It's not punishment from God. It's simply the way it is. 
If you don't eat, you starve to death. If you jump off the roof, something's going to break. It's, it's just the way it is. Punishment is payment for a crime. It's retribution. 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 Uh, God does not punish his children. He corrects us. He disciplines us. But he does not punish us. I was reading about Zacharias and Elizabeth the other day. They were old. They didn't have any children. It says they were devoted to God. And they were praying for a child. Zacharias is in the temple, and an angel appears to him. And the angel says, Zacharias, I got good news for you. Not only are you going to have a child, not only is God going to answer your prayer, but this child is going to be great, and he's going to bring you so much joy. He's going to be the forerunner for the Messiah. And Zacharias says, I don't think so. Doesn't believe him. And it's like Gabriel's kind of shocked. He says, what are you talking about? I'm Gabriel. I'm an angel. I stand in the presence of God, and God sent me here to give you this good news, and you're saying you don't believe it? He says, okay, he goes, until it happens, and it is going to happen, until it happens, you're not going to be able to talk. And a lot of people, I've heard people say that he was being judged and that he was kind of being punished for his unbelief. But it wasn't a punishment. God, in his mercy and his love, this was his not being able to talk, because of his unbelief, it was God extending the blessing to him. Not only was he going to give him a child, and this child was going to be great and bring great joy into his life, but this judgment was part of that blessing. He had chosen them for the blessing, and he wasn't going to take it away due to Zacharias's unbelief. In his love and mercy, he, was, he would use this affliction to bring Zacharias to a place where he would believe and fully receive the full joy of this blessing. And during this time, during this nine months, he could only talk to God. So he was close to God before, but by the time John was born, he was really close to God. There was fellowship. If you were to go up to Zacharias, I think, and say, man, what a drag. You, you know, God really hit you on the head, man. He took away your voice. You know, because you didn't believe, I'm sure that Zacharias would say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. God doesn't punish his children. He corrects, he disciplines, and he will do whatever it takes to bring us back on the path. If we're veering off the path, he will do what it takes. The Bible says the, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And, and sometimes, it's just realizing that goodness and love of God, most all the time, ultimately. It's us realizing the goodness and the love that God has for us that causes us to repent. But if God smacks us upside the head, that's also the goodness of God leading to repentance. He'll do whatever it takes, whether it's sending a nation into exile into Babylon, or as if we ever get there, that guy in 1 Corinthians who was committing sexual immorality and wasn't repenting, and Paul said, turn him over to Satan, that his flesh can be destroyed and his spirit saved. Only one was punished for sins. God will judge his people, but he will never disown them. Hebrews, it says, furthermore, we've had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, for our profit, 
that we may be partakers of his holiness. Everything God does is good and is for our good. Verse 15, it says, If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Uh, those who build on the foundation with wood, hay, and stubble suffer loss. We suffer loss when we're consumed with temporary things, when we get our eyes off God. We suffer loss, and, and we have to go through the what could have been, what could have been. And, we have, and if we build with wood, hay, and stubble, we have more problems in this life. Our building on the foundation has to do with receiving all that God has for us, or not, or not receiving it. But this verse here is a proof text that we are saved by grace through faith and not of works. Ephesians, it says, For by grace that you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Your behavior has nothing to do with your salvation. That's, those are the words that got me saved. You know, I, the Lord was calling me and stirring my heart, and I suddenly realized that all this Bible stuff was true, and I didn't want to go to hell, so I guess I got to become a Christian. Didn't want to, but I guess I got to. And then I heard a preacher say this. Your behavior has nothing to do with your salvation. I had never heard anything like that before in my life, but it's true. Your devotion to God will not get you into the kingdom of heaven, and your lack of devotion to God will not exile you from the kingdom of heaven. So we should be rejoicing in the Lord. When we wake up tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday, Monday morning, we have to go to work. It's supposed to be a nice day tomorrow, but it's going to be cold when we get up, and it's going to be dark. And if you're like as old as I am, you roll over and you fall out of bed, and then it takes about 15 minutes to get up off the floor, and you waddle downstairs, and you know it's, it can be very traumatic on Monday morning. But when we get up, we should just sit on the side of the bed and, and just rejoice. Just say to yourself, my name is written in the book of life. And it's written with permanent marker. Uh, and it was written in the book before you were even born. Mainly, the, the main aspect of building on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones so that we don't miss out on anything that God has for us is knowing the truth and rejoicing in the Lord. That's building on the foundation. So we will end there and go to verse 16 next Sunday night, Lord willing. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we thank you for the foundation that by your grace has been laid in our lives, Lord, the knowledge of you, what you have done, your death and your resurrection that has given us life, Lord. And that foundation is firm, can't be removed, can't be taken away. Uh, we can't destroy it. And, Lord, help us to build on that foundation, Lord, with those eternal things that last. Rejoicing in you, Lord. And everything else will just stem from that. So, Lord, fill our hearts, we pray. Keep us in your word, and may your word abide in us, Lord. And help us to always remember that whatever we ask, if we are 
abiding in you and your word is abiding in us. Whatever we ask, you have promised that we will get it. So we thank you for that, Lord. We rejoice in that and look forward to that. In Jesus' name, amen.